Hello, and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I am really excited, specifically because we are doing something that we haven't done, I don't think, in the history of our show, which is the our long quickest history of our show. <laughs> the long history of our show. The quickest turnaround we've done um, in an episode. Yeah, yeah, like this is, so, okay, we pull the curtains back a lot. I'm not sure why we have curtains. Um, <laughs> we usually record uh, probably about two weeks out, um, and sometimes even two, hang on. What's up? Okay, so there's either a ghost in my closet that just took over the my Mac because, like, the cursor just started going all over the place and, like, icons moving around. What sucks and gets me even more creeped out right now is because we're in the Google Doc, I saw your mouse highlighting stuff. So I, I thought that was you. I wasn't touching it. We've got a ghost. Dude, like, I wasn't touching it. Like, the hairs on my arm are standing up right now. I was not touching it. So, in the history of our show, we've caught a ghost. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, like you know, the dock at the bottom, like, like one of the things even, like, grabbed it and, like, brought it up to the middle of the, the, the laptop and, like, done it, like, in circles around the screen. I'm not kidding. That is creepy. I'm creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start over. <laughs> I kind of like it because the, the, the reaction was visceral. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So, are we on? Are we editing all this out? Uh, we can I, edit some of it out. I don't think we need all of it. But okay, cool. I, I do. I would like to keep some of it just because we were already going to be talking about the creepiness of it. It's yeah. hilarious to me that we started off with this creepy note. All right, cool. So it bringing us back in, um, <laughs> bringing us back in and pulling the curtains back. I, I take it back. Like the curtains will stay. I will never mess with the curtains again. Um, That's why we have curtains to keep ghosts out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we record a couple of weeks ahead of time. Uh, sometimes we bulk record, uh, but this one, we got on the phone with each other probably about Wednesday and said, hey, why don't we record Friday? Needs to come out Monday. Um, and I think we're going to be really happy with that decision. Yeah. Um, specifically because, I mean, this is in this time in the COVID era where things have been delayed nonstop. Uh, we've been in a bit of a drought news wise for Marvel. Uh, and in this week, we've got some pretty big news. So we're going to be highlighting through some of that here in this little banter portion of the podcast. Um, and I think one of the, the biggest things we can start with is the unfortunate delays again of pretty much everything Um in the MCU, specifically now Black Widow debuting in May of 2021. Mm-hmm. That's correct. May 2021, which, man, makes 2020 is piling on 2020 because uh, WandaVision is going to be the only thing in 2020 from the MCU. Yeah. I mean, it, whenever it got delayed the first time, there was always this sliver of hope that maybe by the end of the year, they at least put it on video on demand. But after... I would say the mixed results of putting Mulan on Disney Plus, it makes sense that they have decided to just hold on to uh, Black Widow and, and almost, I mean, is it exactly a year delay now? Was it supposed to come out in May of this year? Yes, exactly a year delayed. Wow. Th- yeah, this was a May uh, 2020 release and now it's pushed a full year. Um, well, it's a mix of like Mulan and Tenet not doing, yeah. you know, well. 
Although I have my theories about Tenet, but I will save that for later. <laughs> Whenever we do our Christopher Nolan episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll save the, the, the Tenet Christopher Nolan episode. But so with that in mind, like we were talking and, you know, that's, let's see, in 2021, we will get one, two, three, four Marvel MCU movies. And that's just the movies, assuming we have the theatrical releases. Um, Disney Plus shows in 2021, assuming everything goes, which we'll get Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and the animated What If. Uh, so that is a lot going on for the MCU in 2021. Uh, I, I know we've had this conversation off mic. We may have even had it on mic before, but it's insane to me how this podcast started with almost like a uh, um, a star for content, not knowing how we were going to fill in the time between the official releases. Right. Um, come 2021, it's going to be just into the walls of right. new we're, stuff every week pretty yeah, much. We're going to have to get used to this quick turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> this is good practice. Yeah. So on top of that, you know, uh, as we're talking about news, one last note. I mean, we were talking about this and it's just amazing to us in that 12 month span, because even when you get to the 2022 movies, Thor, Love and Thunder mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange, that still comes out February and March. So we don't even get a full 12 month calendar year and all of phase four will be released. Which it's so funny to me. Uh, again, I've mentioned this before. It's so funny to me that an entire phase will be in such a t- small time frame, given how spaced out that first one was. Yeah. And I know it's all artificial, but there's something about that that just feels like it takes away from the power of breaking it up as phases to me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thankful we're getting a lot of content, but it almost feels like we need to redefine what the phases are because, I don't know, it takes, I know it's silly, but it takes away from the power of, of, of marking it that way for me. Well, and if you look, it, it makes me really wonder what Doctor Strange is going to be considering Ant-Man aside and Spider-Man Far From Home aside, they've ended each phase with a big event team-up movie, mm-hmm. right? And now if you're going to end this one with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and maybe the name gives us a clue, like this is probably going to be, or the scale of it is probably going to be on that level. And it's worth noting, we're entering in this phase with WandaVision, which directly ties into Multiverse of Madness. So it's almost got this uh, bookend feeling to it too. Yeah. So I like this ramp up that we're going to get from starting with WandaVision and then ending everything with uh, Multiverse. Right. You know, and there's not there's some movies on here that's not even on this list. And forgive me, I, I had them and I, and I lost them that I'm looking at. But like I know Captain Marvel 2, you know, is in the works and been announced. Black Panther 2 is probably getting pushed a little for rewrites. Ant-Man has three has been announced. Um, and so even trying to figure out where those are, you know gonna fall mm-hmm. we have a lot of content coming we're kind of playing into the the ant-man space uh some more news that we got we got some pretty big casting news as well in the mcu uh we have jonathan majors who has been uh reported to be casted as kang the conqueror mm-hmm. who allegedly will be appearing in Ant-Man 3 uh, i also read that he might be showing up in loki huh again rumor wise but and so take that. I don't. I don't feel like it's spoiler because it's rumor. Um, but it makes sense, you know, if he is a time traveler and Loki with the space stone, and and he's going. And if and if that's kind of the way their direction they're going to take, uh, yeah, we're going to see him. You know, 
I, I, I really feel like that's going to be the next big bad. I double-checked. Captain Marvel 2 is a July 8th, 2022. So, you know, I'm wondering where I'm getting this feeling. Have they officially called the movies we discussed prior to that Captain Marvel as Phase 4? Or is this just what's been announced of Phase 4? As far as I understand it, this is what's been announced as Phase 4. But there's a mm-hmm. lot of, probably a lot of shuffling still coming around. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, so I take back what I was saying about the feeling of the power of dividing it up by phases, because it could be that this is just what's been announced, and then stuff like Captain Marvel, uh, Black Panther 2, and Ant-Man, and Guardians, I'm sure that would be in the phase as well. You know, and, and I've heard things about Captain Marvel 2 being a Civil War-type movie in terms mm-hmm. of, like, characters. And, it, and if that's July 2022, that's coming after Doctor Strange. So, yeah, so we'll see. As you mentioned about casting, we got to mention two... Um, Tatiana Mazzolani is She-Hulk for Disney Plus Um, Mm -hmm. you know and so she'll play Jennifer Walters I'm excited about seeing that and we are going to get our Nick Fury Disney Plus show we have to find a way to document how we've been pretty much just calling the shots here within these last few episodes that we've put out Uh, even more so because I believe if I'm not mistaken the, the time that you and I discussed Fury Disney Plus show was mm-hmm. in episode one. Yeah. So we've been calling the shots ever since this podcast started. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I feel like, you know what? I, I feel like what happened was 2020 happened, right? Pandemic happened. Kevin Feige got bored and found MC You Need to Know. <laughs> Which they could never admit to it for legal reasons, but we right. know you're listening, Kevin Feige. <laughs> right. We know. We know you're listening. <laughs> But no, that that's, again, to, to echo what you said, I'm very excited about She-Hulk as well. Uh, that's a character that I'm very fascinated with um, just because I've known who Hulk is, but I never knew too much past him. So knowing that there are more Hulk variations in that universe will be exciting to explore. Because if I'm not mistaken, from my understanding, Jennifer Walters is more of the smart Hulk and not necessarily rage Hulk. Like she's more in control with who she yes. was and is as the new hero. Yes. So that'll be a fun dynamic to explore. And then with the Nick Fury Disney Plus show, it's it'll be exciting to see because I think you and I, we've had discussions about like what has Nick Fury been up to since he was replaced by a scroll in Far From Home and potentially even longer before that. So I'm assuming that this is what that Disney Plus show is going to be talking about. Yeah, well, I'm really curious. Like if they're setting up him and S.W.O.R.D., is this going to be like a jumping off point into those S.W.O.R.D. storylines? Like, I, well... Not not am I wondering that. I'm hoping for that. Like, I don't want to see... I loved Captain Marvel. I really did. I don't want to see de-aged Samuel L. Jackson trying to sprint. Like, I I don't need that again, you know? Uh, It was cool the first time, but I don't think I need a Disney Plus show of it. A little bit goes a long way. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I didn't even think about it being like a, a young Nick Fury... Um, and I was going to say, I, I mean, it could be like a prequel where they cast somebody else to play young Nick Fury, but mm-hmm. one, we've already seen them do the de-aging thing. Yeah. And then two, it's been confirmed that he's casted for right. the Disney Plus show. So yeah. it's, uh, like you said, either a de-aging thing or hopefully something a little bit more present. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to bring Maria Hill back for that, just because she seemed to kind of fall off. I hope they do. I do agree with that sentiment of her kind of falling off. It feels like she hasn't had two big of a present since is first avengers i must say winter soldier yeah yeah first avengers winter soldier she had a little bit in ultron 
not too too much. She was in it, but I don't know if she could say she had a big part. But yeah, I mean, I mean, they've pretty much cemented her as the second in command to Fury, or at least the you know right hand woman. So I can't imagine having a show focused on Fury and not having Maria Hill in it as well. Right. And yeah, so we talked about all this news. Um, I think that transitions nicely into uh, what the topic of this episode is, because not only did we get all that news, but for the first time in a long time, we got ourselves a brand new Marvel Cinematic Universe trailer with WandaVision. And I I think it shows how starved MCU fans were for WandaVision (laughs) or or MCU content. (laughs) No joke. I mean, like I... Again, because we've talked about it before, I, I have my Discord community still from the stream. And the moment that it launched, I mean, it, everybody was talking about it in the Discord. I, I was texting you. I'm not ashamed to admit this. I was literally jumping up and down <laughs> watching it because I was so excited. <laughs> Just because it was, it was, I don't know. I mean, it was this feeling of elation that I haven't felt in all of 2020. So, yeah. So, like, I saw it on your, that's where I first saw it. I saw it on your Discord. Um, and I watched it, had my wife watch it, showed my kids watch it, uh, or had my kids watch it. And then I was schooled the next day talking to my students about it. And they're like, hey, can we watch it? You know, like I, I, I've probably seen it 15 times now. Wow. That's definitely more than I've seen it so far. But yeah, I, I, I've watched it maybe six times. And a lot of it was in prep for this episode so that we could do reactions. But that's, that's awesome that you've seen it 15 times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I bring that up just because we have that article where it has um, surpassed the 24-hour viewing numbers of Infinity War. That's insane. I mean, that's, I mean, that I think pretty much squarely answers that question we were kind of talking about, about whether or not there would be Marvel fatigue. Um, we talked about how they were able to surpass it with Far From Home. And, and given this drought of Marvel content, the fact that the Disney Plus WandaVision show was able to top Infinity War, which is the first part of the entire saga's culmination, that right. is incredibly impressive. Yeah, it, it is super impressive. Um, tell you what, let's uh, dive in. So I think one of the first things that stood out to me as as far as things that I wanted to talk about in this trailer reaction is that I can already tell how much I'm going to love the framing of this show, uh, specifically the way that it seems to be using like different eras of television to illustrate different realities. Mm-hmm. Um so from what we've seen so far, it looks like the Wanda and Vision are kind of trapped in this reality that doesn't exist because obviously we know that Vision's dead. Things seem happy-go-lucky for them, but it's not as it seems. So we're seeing that reality kind of correct itself in mm-hmm. the way that it is, you know, they had it in the 50s and they kind of had it in the 80s and then kind of like, I think a little bit closer to modern day, I want to say 90s. Um and yeah, and I, I just thought that was a smart way to handle the concept of different realities by by anchoring it in the medium itself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, no, no. It makes a, it makes a ton of sense. Um, uh, one of those set pieces, I swear, is the set from Family Ties. Um, I don't know if you remember Family Ties. Uh, Vaguely. I remember watching Family Ties. Uh, our uncle, Michael, I watched it with him. Like, that was an 80s TV sitcom. Michael J. Fox, you know, got, I don't want to say his start, but, like, he was he was on that, you know, and then took that into Back to the Future and, and whatnot. But, like, I, I immediately remember Family Ties, and I saw that, and I was like, like, and not just like, oh, it looks like it. I'm like, no, that is the staircase. Like, I was put, <laughs> pulling up images to show my daughter. It's like this, you know, and and I, I will say what I I agree with you. I'm interested in that. Um, I'm 40. 
you know, I'm old. But but I say that from the context of like my daughter who's in fourth grade watching it, you know, she didn't understand the WandaVision name as a play on television. Um uh-huh. and she didn't quite grasp I had to like break it down of like, okay, you know, Donna Reed show. Um, leave it to Beaver. Father knows best. All of these nineteen fifties bewitched, yeah, bewitched black and white shows. Um, I don't know why I went. I well, no, I know why I went to those first because I was talking about them today with my students. Uh, but clearly, <laughs> but clearly, bewitched. You know, and like talking to her and explaining television, the history of television to her. You know, and so I do wonder what a younger audience is going to make of using that structure. I think there will be some gaps to bridge there, definitely for a younger audience. But the the thing that makes it such a smart use is even just on a visual level, you can immediately see like the differences. It helps break things up. Because again, going back to this idea of the structure, you know, it was just one trailer, but it really seems like there's going to be this kind of repeat pattern, at least within the first episode of a shifting in these realities slash time eras, mm-hmm. the closer that someone gets to the truth of what's going on, it's almost like a defense mechanism for the reality it's protecting itself. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I thought that's an interesting structure that I'm gleaning off, uh, what was it, like a two and a half minute trailer, but I, it would be cool if that's the route that they go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I what I loved about this trailer and that structures is, man, I feel like, even coming off of our trailers episode, right? Like, I feel like I don't know what's about to happen. You know, like I got a general sense of that structure, the TV structure is like, okay, this is the way you're going to mess with our mind. Mm-hmm. But, and and it addressed very clearly, you know, vision being dead or alive, right? But mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have, I can speculate and I've seen some speculation, but I don't have a good sense of what's going to happen. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things I loved about this trailer. It's almost like we got wound up with no resolution, which, I mean, you want from a trailer. Like, oh, you yeah. want to get excited for it and, yeah. and wait for that release. Yeah. But kind of playing on what you were saying about this idea about, like, is Vision alive or dead? Um, one of the things that kind of struck me as um, surprising, at least, again, with the structure, is that it almost feels like Vision's going to be our main character or at least the character we as the audience will use as a surrogate. Mm-hmm. Um, Wanda almost feels kind of like this unreliable narrator by design because if these are the realities that she is creating and shifting whether intentional or some other force it almost feels like we're trying to figure out what we can trust of those realities slash wanda Mm -hmm. so i found that interesting that vision um because he has that scene where he kind of like flies up above all the the suburban homes and it was isolating and i think it came at a point in the trailer where even us as the audience was like What's going on? And so right. immediately I just connected with Vision there. So I think that'll be a fun um, yeah. uh, lens to view it through whenever it does arrive. Yeah. Well, even in the end of that scene where he goes up to, um, well, we don't have her name, but there's speculation of who she who she plays. Um, uh-huh. I think the actress is Catherine Hahn. Huh. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Catherine Hahn. And it's like she's in a trance and he touches her and she comes out of that trance. Uh, and very much it's like, like he's exploring this world that he's unfamiliar with, mm-hmm. you know, and completely because he's like, you know, her line when when she's like, "Am I dead?" and he's like, "No, why would you think that? Because you are," you know, you know, and 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 like he's he's like he has no idea where he is and and that mm-hmm. that exploring and that's definitely the feeling I had. Um, so I think very much possibility, and it makes sense. Like if this is a reality 
Wanda is making and then he's just kind of there and flowing through it, then yeah, like I think we're going to be as an audience the same way. Well, even in the beginning, right? When 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 I was talking to my daughter about watching the episode and, and she was like, you know, what's going on at this part where that guy started to kind of freak out and slap the table, you know, mm-hmm. um, or kind of, you know, kind of glitch or whatever. You know, to me, I was like, when, when I was looking at the the way it was acted and the lines, you have Wanda who starts to realize, like, all of this is a projection in her head, but because it's not real, Vision could not answer the question, where did we move from? And nor could she give him the information, where did we move from? Because they didn't move from anywhere. You know, right, and 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 because of that, when you see the look on their face, and then you just focus in on Wanda, and and it all falls apart. You know, I'm so excited for this. Okay, I know, me too. I'm really, really excited. But no, I, I kind of wanted to play with that a little bit more because another another one of the prominent things I walked away from this trailer was how creepy it was overall, despite its kind of like happy-go-lucky nature. But just to kind of to punctuate off what you were saying, that idea of a reality turning in on itself is incredibly horrifying to me mm-hmm. um, because you, you it's almost like it's on the defensive because right. like you you pointed out whenever whenever it gets to the point where Wanda or vision can't answer the truth, then that's when the reality starts to break down. We saw when the the man was breaking down at the kitchen table scene and not only is it within the narrative, creepy mm-hmm. they're almost having this meta layer on it as well because that's when we saw the aspect ratio starting to widen so right. right there they're playing with the reality and that shift it just adds to the whole unsettling nature of everything yeah it's so wonderfully done yeah i'm glad you noticed that too because you started off with that curved grainy tube television look mm-hmm. and then as the grain starts to go away the curved sides go straight and you have that regular television aspect ratio. And then as it starts to fall apart, it's almost like, like as that goes away, it's in some ways, visually you'd almost expect it to come out because like you're coming out of this fantasy. Uh But, but on the other hand, as it was falling apart, like you were going further down this rabbit hole and getting sucked in even further into it. Like it, like it was getting worse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So like, I'm completely, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for. I'm just, I'm completely fascinated with, well, I mean, spe- I get spoiler for everybody. We're speculating on a lot of these things, but we know Wanda is going to be in Dr. Strange too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some that speculate that, I mean, you first hear that and it's like, Oh, a team up and it makes sense. You team them up, but man, i I really feel like she's going to be the villain of that movie. Like, I think we come out on the other side of this show of her really going down this madness, you know, pun intended, rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Because there is this feeling of (sighs) spiraling and Mm -hmm. and I because I want to be careful here. I don't want to just assume that it's Wanda doing it purposefully or whatever. Um, we don't know. It, it could be somebody forcing her to do this outside her own will, her unknowingly doing it. So I, I'm trying not to ascribe any in, in uh, culpability. <laughs> That's the right way to, to phrase that. Right. Um, but there is this this teetering balance of of uneasiness. I guess is, is what I keep coming back to. Yeah. Now, what I what I don't understand 
is if this is like I said, I'm with you. The the theme, uh, the music, all of it was just really creepy. And Scott Derrickson left Doctor Strange too because of creative differences, mm-hmm. and his idea of what a horror movie was, as as the way I understand it, his idea of what a horror movie was, and Kevin Feige's idea of what a horror movie is or is gonna be, um, they just couldn't agree on. Man, but I I don't know. This looks creepy to me, and and well. My daughter, she's like, I want to see this, but you have to watch the first episode and make sure it's okay. Oh, she told you that? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, Aww. like literally that was word for word. Like you need to watch it first to make sure it's okay. You know, Aww. Um, yeah. you know, and she's like, I, I don't want to have nightmares. Um, but like just off of that. So, so like, I'm really wondering how far did Dr. Scott Derrickson want to take it? Yeah. I mean, cause whenever Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness was announced, I, I didn't watch the press conference. I don't even remember if it was streamable, but I remember I was getting all my news from Twitter and people's reactions. And I remember that being the thing that everybody was like, oh my God, the MCU is going to have their first horror movie. Mm-hmm. A couple months later, we get to the point, like you said, where Scott Derrickson parts ways with Multiverse of Madness, where it was credited with that very undefined creative dispute yeah. uh, between them and the production. I don't think we ever got official confirmation on what it was. I think everybody did kind of take it as that different ideas of what a horror film is right but if that is the case that i mean it is fascinating that this is the route that they wanted to go yeah and and i guess it all is going to come down to yes this is creepy but there could be a a version of this show where this is as creepy as it gets and it just kind of keeps this consistent note but if we're playing into that same idea you were talking about where this ultimately leads into the multiverse of madness you almost have to feel like things are only going to break bad from here oh yeah i i see what you did there um (laughs) i yeah i have to agree with you on that like like you don't i don't think you take this into a movie called the multiverse of madness without really spiraling it you know um it's gonna break our hearts isn't it man i feel like i i feel like i'm just setting myself up for disappointment now Mm mm-hmm I take it back. I'm not, I don't care. I don't want to see it. <laughs> nice reverse psychology. I'm going to start lowering expectations. Um, <laughs> Some say that's the only way to be happy. Yeah. But no, but like seriously, um, it, it does make me wonder what, where did Derrickson want to go with it? And also, again, it, it goes back to our conversation the other day, the other week. How, how do we talk about this in podcast terms with the rated R movie, right? Like what do you gain and what type of R is it? And the same Uh thing with a horror movie. What are you gaining by being a horror movie? But is it this psychological kind of suspense, suspense horror, Mm -hmm. which that's what it feels like WandaVision is going to be versus, I don't want to say slasher film, but like a more, I mean, that's a definitely type of it, but a more gory type of horror movie. Mm-hmm. You know, where aside from the psychological um, and I really think I think you can push a PG-13 movie right to the brink, you know, and still keep it PG-13 and do a good job with the psychological aspect versus like a slasher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll even be a little honest here because I've talked about this on stream before. I know you've heard I have this irrational fear of like nothing being real. And so like that reality, psychological thriller stuff affects me more than like slashers type stuff. So I'm really curious to see how far, you know, Marvel will push this. Oh yeah. I don't think it's going to get to the point where I can't watch it. I was about to say something to mess with your head, but I'm going to leave it alone. 
So No, go ahead. I can take it. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, because, I mean, you really don't know if you're actually talking to me or just a pre-recorded me that's simulated. I don't like this. Okay. I take it back. <laughs> Ghost and <laughs> simulations. That's the, that's the sub, uh, subtitle of this episode. <laughs> hey, we're getting close to Halloween, so we've got to find a way to make this a little bit scarier than usual for the audience. <laughs> okay. So, uh, other thing I know we wanted to talk about was the production quality. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to some degree it's, it's like weird. Why do we got to talk about the production quality? But there is, there was that concern of like, okay, is there going to be a drop off from the, the big screen to television mm-hmm. and production quality? Uh, but it, it felt like an MCU movie, like, like the look and feel still felt like, I was seeing a trailer for something I'm going to go watch at the theater. One of the things that I was fully expecting is because I assume it's a pretty penny to make vision look as good as vision looks in the films. Mm-hmm. So I, I was under the impression that one of the ways they were going to get around this was that they would have vision be in his human form for majority of the, the show. Right. But based on the trailer, we saw a lot of vision. Yeah. And so it, it really shows that I don't think this show is afraid to kind of flex that budget a little bit. And it, like you said, it looks like it's something straight out of the films. Yeah. Well, you know what is something else I've found interesting? Uh, now, keep in mind, you know, they can always alter and doctor trailers as we've talked about it, right? Uh-huh. Um, or, add, or use scenes that don't actually make it, things like that. But I, if I remember right, the vision outfit, costume, whatever we want to call it, he didn't get a change or an upgrade that you would traditionally see from one thing to the next. Uh huh. You know, that's a and, good point. And and I'm and I'm glad. It's, I I hope that wasn't a way to keep something from being revealed. You know, and and I'm glad if they do that because it, that's kind of a grounding point of hey, this character was dead, and it's how Wanda remembers him kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah and others have pointed out like uh the mind stone still with them i gotta be honest i that wasn't something i was paying attention to i was totally bought into this idea of like oh vision's back but i didn't even think about it. like yeah the mind stone was there mm-hmm. huh yeah well you know what and and go back to the production like in the budget value of having to do like that one shot that kind of pleasantville-esque color transfer from black and white to in color Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm assuming they're transitioning out of the 50s into another genre of television. Um, mm-hmm. Just all of it looks so smooth and so good. I, I'm really excited because I'll be honest, like uh, part of me wants to say, like, I should have known production quality would be good after watching Mandalorian, you know, as a Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm I'm the kind of person who I like the film grain look like all the fancy stuff on the 4k TV that gives it that hyper realistic. You can touch it. Look, the I, smoothing, smoothing. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Like I watched, I think the first time through one of the things I didn't like about Mandalorian was that. Cause once mm-hmm. I figured out how to turn off all that stuff on the TV and watched it in kind of a film grain look, then I was like, oh, this actually looks like I'm used to and familiar with. It actually looks like a Star Wars show now. And so in in that way, that was another thing I was kind of worried about of, is it going to look film, you know, like a film, like the movies? And I realized they don't shoot them all on 35 millimeter film exactly anymore. Like there's a lot of digital mm-hmm. stuff. I get that. 
Um, but but it still has that that look. So playing in that space about you know how the transitioning in from the 50s into a different genre of television, I think that's another bullet point for the merits of the production on a smaller scale is how distinct those eras looked. Uh, you know, the the clothing and the furnishings of the set pieces felt like they did belong into the 50s or the 80s or the 90s, all, all those distinct eras. And then that, that's something that is kind of hard to pull off, but it felt believable to me seeing all those different time pieces. Yeah, in particular, the black and white bewitched set piece. That uh-huh. one really, I felt like I was watching an episode of Bewitched or, you know, whatever. Even with the way they handled the special effect of Wanda, I forgot what she was like a seasoning or something that she was pouring. Uh-huh. Or no, it was the wine. She yeah, was the pouring wine. some wine, but she was doing it with her mind. We've obviously in the same trailer we see Vision fly up into the sky and it looks amazing, but it was almost like you could see the the, the fishing wire shaking the wine <laughs> off screen. So they they even stayed true to that distinct look of yeah. television, which is great. Yeah. Oh man, I I'm glad you put it that way because like I don't think I you know like clearly I didn't see a fishing wire, but but mm-hmm. kind of that like it wasn't smooth. You know, kind of had that little bob to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it's funny like. That's obviously how I'm choosing to articulate it. I bet you it was like the most complicated thing in the world to get it to look as like it did. Like it was with limited technology, uh-huh. even though it's it's higher definition technology would have made it more obvious if they would have done it the original way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like, I spent all day making that look good. <laughs> well, you know what? You reach that point on some things like you, it, you, you do a lot of hard work in making something look bad if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know and not bad but but you know what i mean like it's you see the little imperfections in that um but but doing it perfectly <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to think about but i totally get you tell me what is something you hope to see or get out of this series the thing that i'm hoping the most is that they give us a pretty good explanation for how wanda got to this point where she's creating this reality bending because it, it, especially the way that she left off in Endgame, it seemed like she was at peace with it. She had that scene with Barton where they were kind of down by the river. And I think, I can't remember who says, like, I, I wish they knew. And then they said, they do. They know that we won. And so there was almost this, like, coming to terms with it there. So obviously something between then and now has happened, which is why I'm, always, I'm hesitant to just say that, like, Wanda is having a breakdown because we don't know if there is... Um, interfering aspect that's causing this unknowingly too. Right. Uh, what about you? Do you, what are some hopes that you have? Hmm. One of the hopes I would like to see is, but if it's, if our speculation is right, right. And this is something that she's making up in our head. And I don't know if I'd want to see it as Easter eggs or callbacks or just cameos, but I'd like to see And I realize budget wise and all this stuff isn't going to happen, but I'm hoping like to see Chris Evans show up. Yeah. To see Tony Stark show up or, you know, and, and even it's just like the neighbor, like a neighbor or like when they go trick or treating and they knock on the door, you know, it's cap who answers the door, you know, that would be so good. Uh, you know, something like that, that it's because it's the people she knows and the people she was around. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'd love to see uh, her brother Quicksilver p- show up. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, God, I can't imagine he won't. Well, in Evan Peters, he played Quicksilver in the X-Men 
universe and Fox, he's been cast for WandaVision. It's not mm-hmm. been revealed what he's playing. Um, there's speculation that it's Mephisto, but as a villain, but I, I'd really love to see him show up as a Quicksilver. Yeah. And, and, and really start diving into this multiverse. They have a lot of potential to, to play around with the universe bending stuff in a way they, I don't think they've had before. Yeah. For me, I think another thing that I'm hoping for is that I'm hoping the pace of the show isn't spent too long trying to fool us into believing that the realities won't break because we've already seen that they will. So I'm hoping right. it's not like we're midway through the season and then everything starts to come loose. So I'm, I'm hoping that the pacing doesn't lag a little bit too much in, in that. Just because we've seen TV shows before that kind of linger a little bit too long on their premise before letting it break loose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any surprise here to what's happening. So I, I hope they find a way to keep that energy just rolling on through. Right. From what the MCU and Kevin Foggy's given us, I feel like it's going to be well-planned uh-huh. and well-paced. Pa- um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. What I'm worried about is, well, and, and I guess I guess I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth now because I was about to say what I'm worried about is the number of episodes. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, I trust them in the pacing, you know, and what they're going to do. But, man, eight episodes. <clears throat> you also, uh, yeah, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm worried about pacing more than I realized. Mm-hmm. I, I think there is a little bit of, not well, to speak. Well, there's a sweet spot in a number of episodes. Like, is eight mm-hmm. going to be enough? But, you know, you're not going to go into the 20-episode range of, like, a sitcom. Right. Either. So, like, what is that sweet spot to tell that story? It really feels like the new norm is eight to 12 episodes. Uh, we see of that a lot on, like, Netflix, yeah. Amazon Prime, uh, HBO. So uh, I'm okay with that short season. Like, I actually kind of prefer that. Uh, one of the things that I am kind of worried about, and maybe I would even say snake bitten, is using Mandalorian as an example. Yes, it looked good, right? But I think we could attribute that because of the budgetary reasons. Those episodes were pretty short, and a lot of times the pacing felt kind of way too quick. So <laughs> I, I know, I think we got we got confirmation of eight episodes for Wandavision, but I don't think we know what the episode lengths are going to be. Oh, I can tell you right now, I'm going to be disappointed if it's only 30 minutes. Yeah. And so that- Because cause that was my issue with Mandalorian was not just that they were 30 minutes. And even there, like the, the one, this next episode is going to be the longest one yet at 40. And I'm like, dude, when you add in opening and end credits, like that's that's included in the runtime. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, so yeah, I, I just, those episodes were too short for me. Yeah. Uh, and I get the budgetary things, but- yeah, it was just too short. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's going to do it for our WandaVision trailer reaction episode. But we do have our question of the week. So Jude, if you could own a physical copy of an MCU script, which film would you choose? Am I allowed to make a photocopy of it? <laughs> <laughs> you want multiple versions of it? Well, well I just, as I, as I keep thinking about which one, there's a number of them I can go with. And then part of me is just like, like, can I scribble in the margins? Can I write my ideas into it? Um, mm-hmm. But but if it's an actual, like, actual, actual, it was on set and used, I don't want to do that. Um, I'm going to say in-game. In-game? Man, yeah, we... I, I circled around I, Homecoming. I circled around Infinity War. But I'm going to go with in-game. My initial reaction is Winter Soldier. Obviously, Captain America's fanboy. In-game feels like 
like the natural place to go from there because as I've said before, somehow that movie was everything I wanted and more. So just having that would be an amazing keepsake. But surprisingly, what I keep coming back to is Iron Man. It just really? there's the the sentimental value of having the first one, and because I'm assuming if we you know in this theoretical scenario we would get the final script, so I'm assuming it'd be touched up. But if there's some way to see or illustrate the differences of well, well, they always talk about how Iron Man was improved a lot. A lot of it was just kind of on the fly. It would be interesting to see like what was improved, what wasn't. So. If this theoretical prize had a way to denote which ones were in the script and what was kind of like made up, I think that'd be a really cool keepsake to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Uh, like as you were talking, you know, and I was just my first thought was, was there a script? Because I, I think they improv so much of it. Um, but no, that that really is a good keepsake. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, something else that came to my head that might be worth there, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, for some reason, pops into my head as well. Guardians of the Galaxy also or Guardians of the Galaxy 2? 2, Volume 2. Volume 2. Huh. Why 2 specifically? Uh, I but, you know, Between the two, I find it to be a better film. Mm-hmm. Um, as as uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a lot of fun, and I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is as fun of a movie, if, if that makes sense. But in terms of story and the story about family and all and 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 all of that and the where Gamora and Nebula go, what Star Lord learns in the end, I just think it's a better movie. And just to be able to like take that and just kind of read it and digest it and see what makes it work, what makes it tick as a story would be fun. That would be good. I think for me, what comes into second would be Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's knowing that Dan Harmon had some touches to it just because I've, I've been a fan of his writing for a really long time. I doubt a final script would like also denote what's Dan, what's not, but it would be fun to have that just because part of the appeal that I loved about that movie was just the wit of Dr. Strange and how fast paced some of that conversation was specifically that first fight that, uh, he has with Rachel McAdams. I mean, there's just the, the fast pace of that conversation. I would just love to be able to read that out in script form. Yeah. That that yeah. one's, you know what, and, and especially when you consider all the visual elements of that, uh-huh. and and how from script how that how that got translated from script to screen would be just interesting to look at. All right, I'm calling. Look, we've been calling shots from the beginning. I tell you, next week we're going to see like big collections of these available online to purchase. Somewhere. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, Auction for charity or something. But. Of course, if you would like to chime in with which physical copy of a script you'd like to own, or if you'd like to hop in with your own thoughts of the WandaVision trailer, or even some of the Marvel news that we got this past week, uh, you can always reach us at Know on Twitter and Instagram, or if you'd like to write us an email at mcuneedtoknow at gmail.com. And while you're online, take a moment and leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, that truly helps us out. As we say each episode, we want the feedback. We want to, we want to grow. We want to get better for you, the audience. Uh, and share with a friend. Help us grow that audience. And for all our American listeners, we do want to go ahead and start uh, promoting this as we get closer to the U.S. elections. If you're not already, you should definitely take the time to get registered and make a plan to vote. That's very important for the future of our country. And we we thought it'd be a great thing to start promoting here. So if you're looking for good resources, uh, vote.org might be a good place to start to get that going. Yes. Uh, it sounds weird. A lot of people might think, um, hey, you know, how is my one vote among millions 
um, make a difference. But exercising that right is probably the best way to truly participate in uh, in a democracy. Uh, what I mean, U.S. or wherever, uh, you have that right and exercise it. You know, participate in in the process. I can put it this way. Even Howard the Duck showed up for the final fight in Endgame. So if Howard the Duck can show up for that, you can vote. We're going to have to get that on a sticker somewhere. That has to be on a t-shirt or a sticker or something. Coffee bugs coming with you, coming near you with that slogan. If Howard the Duck can do it, you can too. Um. And of course, we'd like to give a special thanks to Nick Sandy for the use of the theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. Uh, if you'd like to find more of his original work, you can find it at his SoundCloud, which is linked in the description below. That's going to do it. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you for doing this, Jude. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. We are going to have potentially all of phase four in one year. Yeah. Yeah. One, one 12 month span. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is crazy. We're, we're going to be busy. They're providing us content. Oh, yep. We are. It's a good thing we finally got our groove, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's... <laughs> it was a very unsure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, you caught me. <laughs> <laughs> You caught me about to take a sip of water. <laughs> All right. Well, we got our end tag. Check. I was about to take a streak of water. Oh, man. <laughs>